It's a pleasure to have you listening to my show today. My sincerest desire is for you to get something from it that will make your life richer, fuller, and safer. My name is Reverend Wynn Henderson. As an ordained Christian minister and a retired medical doctor, I have a dual perspective to bring you content to solve problems in your life. This podcast is the longest-running, single-hosted, spiritually-based radio internet talk show in America. It has been on the air for over 24 years. I bring you information about the disease of addiction, about your purpose in life, and investigative reporting on truth just below the surface. Our guest today is Jane Jenkins Erlong. And Jane is a humorist, a writer, a singer, a speaker, and a world traveler. And um, she's a delight to uh, to talk with, and we're going to talk uh, with her about one or more of her five books uh, today. The most recent one is Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South. Jane, it's nice to have you on the program today. Hey, thank you, Wynn. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, um, you're pretty much upbeat all the time, right? Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> I have my moments. I have my moments. <laughs> but you try to be upbeat all the time. I do. I believe in I love that your perspective is from a pastor because I so believe in Scripture that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine and a crushed spirit will dry up your bones. So I live by that. Oh, that's, that's great. Okay, so tell me about your writing journey. You've written five books. Yeah, I got an F in writing in college, so go figure, you know. So I think I'll write a book. <laughs> so my first book was because several of my speaker friends said, you know, well, you got a speech, you got a book, you got a book, you got a speech. So I wrote a book for back-of-the-room sales. I didn't think much of it. The gentleman that helped me, this was before we had the wonderful electronic capabilities to be able to self-publish and get some traction, but... He said he was editing it for me. He's just a really good book. And I said, oh, hush. I got an F in writing. <laughs> but I got some traction with it when. And then uh, my next book was dedicated to breast cancer. My sister had breast cancer, and she survived it very beautifully with a good attitude. And then my next book was about my mama because we were close, and she passed away. And she said something very curious to me, what bury me with my pearls. And I thought, now, there you go. That's a great title for a book. So then uh, that led to a very nice contract out of a New York publisher, uh, Hachette. And then that led to the relationship now I have with Tyndale House. So it just evolved. I, I, You know, I think people don't realize if you just start to throw a noodle at something, it just may stick. And if that noodle doesn't stick, try something else. Absolutely. When I was in college, I got one C in college, and that was from my English teacher. And to date, she's probably dead now, but to date, she has written no books, and I've written <laughs> 46 books. Go so, figure. 
Yeah, good for you. That's real good. Um, okay, so um, what was your inspiration for this newest book, Sweet Tea Secrets, Deep Fried South? Well, I was uh, on a carriage tour, and the guide spoke a very thick northern accent about out the Civil War, and I thought, uh-uh. And then after that, I was at a, I don't know if it was a Hobby Lobby or someplace like that, and somebody from Ohio had the our palmetto tree in the eye of their Ohio. I thought, uh-oh, we got trouble here. So that's how I started the book, and it has nothing to do with people moving in to the South, which is the New South, which we embrace, but it's a reminder of those values that should hold true. And after about every chapter, it's an easy read, and it's a gift book, and it's hard, the hard cover. It's good. I've got a sweet tea secret, and it's it really applies to common sense, biblical principles we should all embrace. Like I'm, I made a Christmas ornament this year, and I'm calling it Sweet Tea Christmas 2022. And on the back of it, it says, be your best self, uh, love others, and let the Lord take care of the rest. Well, that's a good reminder every single day. And if you hang that on your Christmas tree, maybe you'll be reminded, you know, I got to love me. Bible says you have to, you know, you only have love for others when you learn to love yourself. So, and then let God take care of the rest. So I like life lessons for healthy living, for mentally healthy living. I take it from a Christian perspective. Well, I do too. Um, that's been the basis of my success in life uh, is the Bible, what the Bible has to teach, and how I can use those teachings to help other people with their lives. And I think that's I'm with you. something we all should try to do. Um, although I will say that there's a lot of people that don't buy into that. That's That's a real shame. Well, I mean, you look at John Maxwell, who's taken leadership principles out of the Word of God, and he's built an incredible uh, opportunity to introduce the Word of God to other business leaders. He's done a marvelous job. I've got his leadership Bible. So I don't think, I think all of the, the good things that we talk about are biblically based. I don't think it's anybody's big aha moment. It's very based in in Scripture. Do you think the South uh, is more inclined toward biblical spirituality than the rest of the country? That's a good question. I know when you drive to Greenville, South Carolina, there's a church on every block. And uh, that's important to us. That's like the buckle. I mean, Bob Jones is up there and uh, several Christian colleges. So. I think people would probably think there's a little more, yes, spiritual, uh, biblical principles. Uh, and it's expressed if you look at, you know, our billboards and our landscape. And yeah, I do. It's uh, funny, but I was out visiting my daughter in Butte, Montana, and she told me that uh, there are more bars in Butte than churches. <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah, I mean, uh, we just went on a wonderful trip to Scotland and Ireland, 
And um, I know, and just and also in Canada, you see beautiful churches, cathedrals, but they're not sustainable. So there was a there was a church in Ireland that it flipped into a bar. So yeah, I can believe it. <laughs> What's the world coming to? As they would ask that question, and you know, it's really hard for us to really know where we're going. It seems to me like we're going downhill. But, you know, what can you and I do? Well, yeah, we we have the power of prayer. And, and you know, when people, I don't know when, I'm sure you've had this happen, but when people know you take a stand strong and a spiritual perspective with biblically-based principles, it's funny how many phone calls you get when people don't know what to do, where to turn. Yeah, that's, that's true. What kind of advice uh, do you have? for a writer or a public speaker? Well, the old saying is, if you want to be a good speaker, you speak. If you want to be a good writer, you write. So I would suggest just journaling and writing. That's where I get a lot of my book ideas. I make myself write a newsletter. And you can get on, you can jump on if anybody's interested, janeherlong.com, you'll find it. And... I think it helps you polish your skills. And then I ask other people who I consider better than me to help me. You always have to do that. Same with speaking. Start out locally. I was talking to a good friend of mine last night, a marvelous person. I started a Feed the Hungry um, in our county during COVID for elderly. And they asked him to come to a rather large meeting. And um, he was passionate. And he told me, he said, I couldn't believe the things that came out of my mouth, I said, that's because it came out of your heart first. And, you know, the Bible tells us how the issues of the heart and the mouth speaks. So find something you're passionate about and share it with other people. And just ask for practice. I just need to practice my speech. And that's a very good thing to do. I record everything I, I say, and I go back and critique it and listen to it. You know, there's just certain things you do when if you want to really, you can be good or you can be exceptional. And that's what you want to strive for. Um, I I had a, a guest on my show many years ago who was a motivational speaker on the stage and everything, and I asked him, you are so professional, you don't use notes, you walk all over the stage and everything, and, and how did you get to that point? And he said, well, here's the way I got there. The first time I made a speech, I was terrible, and nobody would have uh, paid for that speech. By the time that I had given 10 speeches, I was getting better, and by the time that I'd done 100, I was pretty proficient. And After a 1,000 speeches, <laughs> I don't need any notes. And I said, well, that's great. And so I don't think I've done a 1,000 speeches, but... It doesn't take me any notes to tell about what I'm interested in. And I believe that whatever it is that you're interested in, if you keep talking about it, and you'll get better and better and better just by doing it, like you said. Just be, and uh, if you can add some entertainment value. Uh, I spent this morning looking at music. I'm supposed to speak to now. 
You're not going to believe this, and I, I mean, I'm thrilled to do it. I spoke for the National Future Farmers of America. I was reared on a farm and married a farmer, so that's a good audience for me. That's another tip. Go where you're planted, so to speak. No play on agriculture. But I thought, okay, these kids like their phones, like to be interactive. So I've got a bunch of downloadable codes that will be on the PowerPoint. It's a bunch of them, a bunch of kids in that audience. And so they can download, they can read what I've other things. And then at the very end, I want to always do a really strong message. And I'm a singer. So I'm going to close with a really great song that they're going to love and they're going to participate with me. So, and then I'm going to embed their pictures in the song. And so as I sing it, so see what I'm saying? And it can add entertainment value, whatever it is. Uh, the nuances of speaking has a lot of entertainment value. So you know, if you, you want to be really great at something, you dig hard and you dig deep and you see what's available. Well, now, did I get this right? You were once a Miss America pageant contestant? I was. I was Miss South Carolina, and that was a huge game changer for me personally and professionally. Did you sing as your talent? I did, yeah. What did you it was It was an incredible experience. I, did, I like old big band music, so I sang a, a medley from um, a little night music song called The Parties, I mean, Sending the Clowns, and I did a Judy Holiday, The Party's Over. So I thought it was clever. I had a really good coach. That's great. Um, you travel all over the world and uh, see a lot of people. Um, uh, is, is there any difference in your audience uh, with respect to what you sense coming from them now after COVID as opposed to before COVID? Big time. People need encouragement. I was speaking last week, and I, did, I spoke twice, and I was amazed at the low self-esteem in that crowd. It was sad. Um, people just struggling to get back on their feet uh, to maybe change things that they thought were okay. I know a lot of parents have been upset over what's going on in schools, which they should be. But people just need some hope. And I think the world is looking scary. And if you concentrate on that wind, you know, it'll bring you straight down. I mean, how thoughts are powerful. So, yes, audiences seem to need some a little charge. Well, I know with what I do, that uh, which is to help people get over addictive behaviors, that the underlying cause of addictive behaviors is low self-esteem. And it's taken me 30, 40 years to develop various ways of talking about this to to help people with self-esteem, but bottom line is if you have low self-esteem, you're going to have a hard life. That's true, and sadly, a lot of it stems from the home, the way parents talk to their children, and that's distressing, and it just chips away. Children are not born with low self-esteem. We have natures, but you can really mess up your children. I'm seeing that a lot because my my children now are at the age where they see such dysfunction in their own kind, and they'll say, oh, I'm glad you and Daddy never did that. And I'm thinking, no, 
we were never going to talk to y'all that way because you're going to end up either being rebellious against that, which is good in one respect, or you become that. So parenting is key. It's, uh, it's something that I heard in the past that one criticism of your child takes uh, seven attaboys to make up for it. And normally, that's not what happens. You get seven criticisms, and only occasionally do you praise your child. Yeah, that's something we should all remember, because these children, they're formidable. They look at us as their gods, little g, but we're we're what they have. And the thing is that I I tell parents, and when I talk to them about stuff, although I do... I'm humorist. I really like healthy living. And I tell him, I said, you know, whatever comes out of your mouth, you better live it. Don't just say it, live it. That's where it makes a big difference. And they're going to watch you. So we have to be mindful that the hand that rocks the cradle really does rule the world. Um, how did they get a copy of your book? Well, the best thing... I mean, it's on my website, but the best way, the the probably most efficient way is through Amazon. Uh, just Google in books or going going to search for in books, just Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South. It's trending pretty well. You know, it's hourly, so you it dips and comes back up. But overall, the book has been a – it's going to be in Cracker Barrel, too. And that's a big – the thing that me, who made an F, is going to be Cracker Barrel. That's a, like, pinch me. <laughs> God is good, that's what I can say. <laughs> well, you're definitely Cracker Barrel material. <laughs> um, well, it won't be in the in the stores until the twin, until um, March. But it's going to be there, so that was a thrill. That's great. What did you learn from growing up on a vegetable farm? I learned something that a lot of kids are lacking these days is hard work and perseverance and creativity. Uh, when when one crop or whatever doesn't work out, there could be another opportunity. You, and it creates um, a mindset that I'm going to make this work. And uh, I love – I do a speech when it's called Don't Throw Tomatoes at My Field of Dreams. And I talk about the three things that I feel like in my life helped me to achieve. And the first one is to find your shine. And you find your shine by looking and seeing what other people are doing and determine you're going to go and you're going to do one step better. And then the second thing is when I would go through my tomatoes before I sold them, I pull out the tomatoes that were bruised. And I say, learn what to cull, learn what to get rid of. Because that's the only way we're going to we, be excellent is to get rid of, to get better. And the third thing is I saw my daddy is the plow principle, I call it. Learn up, when to plow up and when to plow through. So those are the three things I talk about in my speech. And, and I love doing that because I think those are timeless life lessons. Well, yeah, if you can um, take things that you learned from your growing up and apply them to your life in a positive way, that's really great. Well, the um, the tea book has, has opened the door for a speech I call Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South, which is the title of the book. And I talk about three kinds of uh, tea 
and you're either you're going to be steeped, which is the best of you, and and uh, seasoned, which is learned from the wisdom of others, and then steamed. All of that will help you be passionate. So I have lots of little funny stories, and it's a new program. Have a lot of success with that one. That was fun. I did that last weekend. It was great. I mean, I loved it. I hope they did too. They acted like they did. <laughs> I loved your book. It's well done. Uh, very professional. Uh, it's got lots of nice photographs in it and stories that you tell and everything. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's Tyndale. That's that Tyndale house out of Chicago and Wheaton. They do a great job. Um, what um, what do you share with your audiences to help them um, make a difference in their lives? Any any specific things that you share? Well, I guess I like for people, I use humor, I use comedy, I tell stories, I'm a storyteller. And I like crafting Southern stories that have some kind of takeaway. But one of my favorites is in our little Sunday school class. And see, I like to let people know I'm a Christian, but I don't like to beat them in the head with it. So I talk about in church at our Sunday school, and that kind of resonates. Okay, got that. We have a guy that was, it's funny being that today's Veterans Day, but he was 17 and he was at boot camp and he had a lot of fear. And he just thought he was going to have to go home and he told his buddies, I can't do this, it's too hard. And then he decided he would get on his knees and pray, ask God for a sign. God, give me a message. And he opened his eyes after he prayed and he saw what he thought was a message from God on his dog tags was written, be positive. Well, he thought that was God telling him to be positive. So he changed. And all of a sudden he said, man, you're so different. What's going on? He said, God sent me a sign. He said, really? He said, yeah, look at my dog tags. He said, be positive. And his buddy said, yeah, look at my message from God. Oh, negative. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a cute story, but here's the big takeaway. And it's something that the Bible tells us in the, the wonderful Zig Ziglar always said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're going to be right. And the Bible says, so as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it's all, like I said, all of it goes back to biblical principles. So if somebody wants to say, let me think now, it, uh, it was a, a point about who you think you are. Oh, yeah, the guy with the dog tags. You see, that's that thrills me when someone can connect that message and uh, use it in their lives to think, I, be, I need a better attitude. And there's a lot of, and as you know, as a medical doctor, there's a whole lot of medical research. Um, we like to follow Dr. Almond, and he talks a lot about the brain, and it's, it's, it's very interesting to listen to his perspective on um, how we, we'll get a thought. And the first thing you say to yourself is, is it true? And then is it really true? And you, there are like four questions you ask yourself when you, at night when you try to close your eyes and maybe you, you, you're gripped with something that puts you in fear. So, again, the mind is a powerful, powerful part of our bodies. Absolutely. You mentioned Zig Ziglar. A lot of our audience won't, won't know who Zig Ziglar was, but he was a, a really motivational, inspirational uh, person, and I think he started out selling uh, uh, vacuum cleaners, but at any rate, uh, toward the top of his his uh, celebrity and everything, 
I uh, went to a convention that he was at, and I was talking to him about being on my show, and I thought that would be really great to land uh, land him as a guest. And I had a cup of coffee in my hand. Somebody came up from the rear and bumped me. It went all over his $400 suit. Oh! <laughs> he had to leave and go upstairs and change clothes, and that was that was that for Zig Ziglar. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we um, he would come to our national speakers conferences, and you know we'd hang out in the halls and talk. And great guy, you know. But um, he was uh, I think he became the president of the Southern Baptist Association, and. Um, you know, poured the word of God into the motivational messages. I saw him too one time, and I thought he was wonderful. Just you know, you pay for the seminar type thing. And um, he was—he's quite the character, but he's just totally in love with sharing his heart with people. And he always said that. He said, "Love your audience, and they'll love you back, and they'll know it." I didn't didn't get to do that interview with uh, Zig, but I did with his daughter. So that, that was uh, that was good. I told her the story. She thought it was very funny. <laughs> How about that? Um, my new book, which uh, the manuscript has gone to the publisher, is most everyone wants to go to heaven, but hardly anyone wants to die. I thought. Oh wow! A Powerful title. Catchy title. And yes. It should be coming out uh, two, three months, something like that. So look for that book. That's fantastic. Gosh, that's a beautiful title. Um, so what have we missed? Is there anything that uh, you'd like to to say before we end this um, this program? Yeah, I I think a lot of people have... I call the Facebook mentality. What they see is really not what it is. And because we have so much before even social media, uh, I remember when I was Miss South Carolina, I had a girl come up to me, my very first appearance, and she gave me this plaque. And it said, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Well, I could take that several ways, like what would make you think that I'm not a nice person? I don't know you. And then, what a nice reminder. But all of that to say that some people don't understand the journey of how you, you get to where you are. And they they have preconceived notions about it, and they, they categorize and put people in boxes. And that's their problem, of course. But I think it's become a real issue, especially with social media and Facebook and everything, but in my own personal life, you know, I'd struggle through academics. We were poor. My daddy was a 10th grade educated farmer. My parents were good parents to the best of their abilities, but they they didn't, I would not give them a high, high mark for parenting, uh, although they did what, the best they could with what they had. Um, I have a sister who was, um, she passed away, but she had um, some anger and some jealousy issues, which did not serve her well. And I have a brother who's still alive, but he's um, got a drug problem. And um, so, you know, there's a lot that goes on to form a person's life. And um, I'm working on a comedy show with two other friends of mine. 
and we're going to we're going to target women with low self-esteem issues and we're going to laugh then we're going to get down and we're going to talk about stuff so i guess that would be something that i'd want people to know just because you see somebody that's on a stage and maybe has a pretty outfit on and makes people laugh doesn't mean there's not a story behind that story so get to know the story behind the story and it will encourage you to take care of whatever you have that you might be fighting. Does that make sense, Lynn? Absolutely. Let's get your uh, brother a copy of my newest book, Freedom from Addiction 4, The Final Message. It's available on Amazon, and he might not be ready to get over his problem, but if he if he does, it's got the highest cure rate of any program in the country. So I just mention that to you, that there's something out there. I thank you for that. You know what? I always look at, at a lot of people that I know, and I think you can identify with this. I heard this one time. It said they might have Jesus, but I'm afraid Jesus doesn't have them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the case. Um, okay, so it's been a delight talking with you today. And um, go to Amazon.com to get Sweet Tea Secrets from the Deep Fried South. It's a great book. Uh, you'll love it. Thank you, Wint. It's also available through Barnes & Noble, Books Main, Target, Walmart. It's all over the place, which is nice because Tyndale does a great job getting it promoted like that. So anywhere books are sold, even small bookstores, they, they have access to it. That's great. So in closing, my mission or purpose in life is to spread the message that there is a cure for every addictive behavior. This is a spiritual cure, and the treatment program is profiled in my book that I just mentioned, Freedom from Addiction 4, The Final Message. Uh, if you meet three simple criteria, everyone cures their addiction. My book is available on Amazon.com. I have three free resources where you can start your journey. The first is a link to this podcast, and the link is freedomfromaddiction.lipson.com. You spell Lipson, L-I-B as in boy, S-Y-N, no caps, no spaces. The second is a link to my website where you can find out more about my work with addiction. It's www.revwinhendersonmd.com. And the final resource is my Twitter account. Search for at HugoTheArtist on Twitter.com, and there you will find over 2,300 inspirational and educational daily pearls of wisdom. So have a great day, and tell your family, friends, and associates to listen to this program because it is absolutely the best that they can do on the podcast scene as far as having a happy, fulfilled life. Thank you, Jane. Oh, thank you, Wayne. It's been a pleasure.